Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from the Outer Rim Beacon. Everything leading up to this moment has been rehearsal. The real performance is about to begin. I'm counting on it. Ladies and gentlemen, you have now tuned in to the Outer Rim Beacon, your frequency for everything in that galaxy far, far away. Um, we've got some exciting stuff to talk about today. We've got Andor to talk about. we got some news and notes to talk about, exciting things happening there. I am pumped to get this show going today. My name is Justin. I'm one of the hosts. Joining me today, as always, are my co-hosts. This is Josh, and I just want to apologize to all my fellow John Williams One Percenters for my recent absences from the show, but I'm back and I'm ready to talk about Woo-hoo! Star Wars. Yeah, I hope we didn't lose too many listeners. Uh, <laughs> this is Kyle, and if Andy Circus slash Kino is listening, uh, former lifeguard slash competitive swimmer, I will offer you uh, swim lessons on the house, at least to get you to shore. Like, <laughs> what, a, what a way to go. Yeah. That's a shame. Um yeah, I'm yeah, I'm just really hoping somebody helped that guy. Yeah. I really do. Give him a like, life preserver or something. Oh, like there's gotta be another way Some out. Some debris of there like Rosehead and the Titanic. Anything? <laughs> it's literally it's like there's a door somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> it was debris, Josh. <laughs> um there was room for two on that door, by the way. Don't I even don't, don't even get the people started. The, that was ridiculous, Rose. Nearly thirty years die. later, it's still so controversial. <sighs> yeah it was yeah it was um but uh poor yeah Leo. so yeah poor poor uh kino i'm hoping he made it out of there we're going to talk about that as we dive into this show um we're going to kick this off a little bit of sad news because we had this this happened over the weekend this was just huge kind of for all of us that are um into if you're into dc if you're into batman you know this you know um, nerds we call them nerds 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 yeah uh kevin conroy passed away uh, this past weekend, just awful, awful. For those of us that grew up watching the animated Batman series, there was different iterations of it over the years, but he was just um, the one constant in all of those animated Batman series and even the games, the Arkham Asylum games. Um, he was the one constant amongst all of those, and that is just a, a person that you just cannot replace easily um, in that in that realm. He was just... Uh, a, a common voice that you heard and like you knew it instantly you knew his voice instantly when um, i think just, batman i that's what i hear i don't yeah. I don't you know no i mean you can go to the movies and go well this guy and this guy and this guy and they all sound different but the one that truly w- sounded batman was kevin for a long so, long time too it's a shame yeah yeah um just terrible news there and then uh comedian anthony anthony gallagher died i don't know if you guys ever watched any of his stand-up comedy <laughs> my, it was kind of interesting like gallagher but, yeah yeah um well i mean he was a prop i didn't even know he had a time and that was i was gonna say that's the first time i've ever heard his first (laughs) name i mean i guess i i assumed he had one but (laughs) yeah uh known mostly watermelon watermelons with a giant hammer and getting everybody covered in watermelon in the first like three rows but um really when it came to prop comedy at the time he was uh ahead of the curve he just paved the Um, way for carrot top that uh, that's disrespectful he just passed (laughs) away but yeah, there's um, only two prop comedians but, I can think of. <laughs> yeah, but he he really kind of led led that move of of prop comedians out there. So, um, kind of a sad way. It was a double hit on the weekend, and it was just not not cool. So, um, you know, rest in peace peace to both of those individuals, and uh, um, hope their prayers out to the family and friends of those individuals. Um, and the community community as a large, whether it's comedians or or 
if you're a Batman fan or a DC fan, you know, uh, I think we're all hurting uh, based on those two. So uh, we did get some Columbia news, uh, Columbia apparel. They've put out stuff before for star Wars. They uh, had produced a Hoth collection, like the big parkas and whatever from the 19 um, uh, when they were shooting like repops of, of the 82. apparel that they were shooting for the movie uh, for uh, an, um, ugh. <laughs> For Empire Strikes yeah, Back. Empire. Apparently I tripped on my own words. Oh, I'm like, my well, train Empire derailed. Yeah, sorry. I, uh, I remember those yeah. Columbia ads. You know, they were like, hey, nerds, you want to pay $500 for a Star Wars jacket? <laughs> and, I'd, yeah. and then I'd click next. Cause, Negative. Well, 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 they remade well, them recently they, too, didn't they? Yeah. And if the ESB ones didn't get you, this one might because they're doing a Clone Wars uh, collection, apparently. And I don't know. It comes out December 2nd. No idea of prices or what it's going to be. Um, maybe it's a poncho. I don't know. We love a good poncho here. So God knows there's a lot of ponchos to choose from know. in the Star So did Gallagher. Universe. I heard he made up most of his money in ponchos. He'd sell them to people. <laughs> the poncho <laughs> sales at the door. Rows, rows, yeah. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, so that's going to drop on 12-2. So be on the lookout for that. This was a little bit of interesting news. And or is going to be airing on additional networks beyond Disney+. Plus. They are going to air the first they two episodes. They got a hot one on their hands. On ABC on uh, November 23rd, on FX uh, 1124, Freeform 1125, and on Hulu from 1123 through 127. So they got a little extended play on on the Hulu, but this is uh, an interesting move by Disney here. I think they went, hey, we've got a show that a lot of people are going to be interested in and we can get them on the hook and kind of pull them into um, Disney Plus subscriptions. I'm assuming that's the whole MO behind this is to bump up those ratings, right? Bump up those subscription numbers. Why not uh, release Yeah, them? who knows what they're trying to do to push for, like, uh, award seasons and all that kind of stuff to spread the reach. Good point. Why not Good release point. them in three like they did, you know, because that, like, first three was an arc, and that's how they started it on the on Disney+. Plus. Like, well, I wonder why only two. Maybe well, cause to leave to you a little bit of a cliffhanger. Arc, then so you, you gotta, have to, yeah. Yeah. Pay to see how you it ends wanna, up. <laughs> if you want to finish that first arc, you got to get the Disney+. Plus. They're leaving you with hanging there. Um, a, but it's it's an interesting move Disney. because of all the shows, of all the shows that Disney Plus has released, including Mandalorian and most recently Obi-Wan, they're putting Andor out there. And I, I think it's a, a really good idea because I think it's a more palatable show. So I mean, somebody I'm sure is going to disagree with me, but... Uh, yeah, it's, it's not, more relatable to people. Like it, it's a it's a imaginary universe, but there's a lot less sci-fi fantasy stuff going on. It's a lot more grounded in reality than most Star Wars stuff, right? There no lightsabers, yeah. no Mandalorian armor, no jetpacks, very little space travel even. It's just people mm-hmm. living their lives, right? Yeah, and I think it's uh High drama, as we've learned from this episode. Well done. It's it is well done. It's what well, you can say. People can say a lot of things about Andor, but the one thing I think that you cannot, people cannot disagree with, is the writing and the acting in this show. I, I don't think you can say it moves slow. You can say it it doesn't have enough action. You can say a number of different things about this show, but I don't think you can poo poo the writing of this show for sure, 
or the acting. The acting has been on point from all the characters, I think. Well, except maybe the mother. Well, those K2 droids were really killing it in that one episode. (laughs) Um, Hang. (laughs) Yeah. He had one line. Hang. Uh, I did think for like one second, maybe when he was yelling into the... um, the microphone or the PA system or whatever towards the end there that Kino was like, he was a little smeagly for like just a second. He got so mm-hmm. emotional that he like turned into Gollum for, for a, a line he there. likes it. Our precious. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like, wait a minute. Or if he gets into the Snoke voice a little bit. <laughs> um, and I, you know, I'm excited to see, I, I really hope, Kino makes it out of there and it kind of kind of sinks because I liked it as as a big cliffhanger but I think Tony Gilroy did a see what he does yeah he did an interview and said we might see Kino later on and I'm like well okay it was kind of cooler when it was just left as a cliffhanger and you didn't say anything but I'm I'm assuming he'll turn up well I mean he does turn up as Snoke but we'll see uh and then the last bit of news that we've got GalaxyCon. if you're heading to GalaxyCon in columbus ohio december 2nd through the 4th today or at least monday of this week was the last day for discounted tickets you can still get tickets either at the door or prior to the event they are just not discounted with i think like a 10 percent off or something like that so that was uh monday and then um great news the cat is now out of the bag so i can share this um the Arch City Squad, which is the detachment that I'm part of, of the 501st here in Columbus, will be presenting Miss Rosario Dawson with an honorary membership into the 501st. Um, it's still to be determined whether that's going to be Saturday or Sunday, um, but be on the lookout for those photos and pictures and probably video somewhere coming coming to there. So I'm going to try to go down for it and be part of it. I don't get to do the fun part of presenting, but... At least I can go uh, check gotta it out. Got to be a little longer in the game, probably. Yeah, yeah, longer than me for sure. Um, but that's still exciting. Like that's great to be a part of that, and, and and with a huge name like Rosario Dawson, that's awesome. So I am really, really looking forward to GalaxyCon that weekend. So if you're going to be in the Columbus area and you plan on going, then come see me. Come check us out. Hopefully, Josh can make it up because Kyle's got got some conflicts yeah, now. Boo. Um, Boo. I. I'm going to do the thing that Josh usually does. And I Googled the Tony Gilroy interview that um, Justin mentioned. And it says, quote, in terms of teases, Gilroy then gave the big one, the big one of them all. Well, I didn't write it, guys. I'm just reading it. (laughs) Gave the big one of them all. After Kino Loy's last moments in episode 10, most viewers assumed the character was dead. But Tony Gilroy, taking a page out of Dave Filoni's playbook, isn't so sure. When asked if he presumes Kino was executed shortly after, Gilroy said, I don't know. He's not dead. Is he dead? I didn't see him dying. So I think it's a little ambiguous. Well, I mean, well it's Star Wars, you didn't see the dead. body. You didn't yeah, see exactly. a body. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like we anything, knew he wasn't dead. He was just happen. sitting there at the top, like he's well, stuck. Well, that's yeah. what I'm saying. I think you felt like uh, you were implying that Tony Gilroy like gave something away, and I, I think he definitely didn't give anything away. He just said, I "No, don't know but what I, yeah, he's like out in the ether. Kino's out in the ether somewhere. Potentially, he could come back. 
But I didn't think he died. Like, I don't know why people would think he died. He was clearly standing there. He didn't, like, well, fall well, off. No, that's not what I, that's not what I was saying. On the way down. I was just, like, counterpointing him coming what, you, back. what you said yeah. about Tony Gilroy no, I gotcha. giving something away. I gotcha. Um, but, yeah. It's so, weird. I... I know how weird. <laughs> no, I, yeah, it is. And that is that is totally a, a, a play out of, of uh, Dave's playbook. Like, yeah. here, we... No, never give body. an answer. Leave him out there. Yeah. So anyway, we got a lot to talk about here and or this show just keeps getting better and better every week. Um, we've got two episodes left. We just completed the third part of the third story or the third. I don't even know what you want to call it. Um, it's like the third story. Part arc. three of series three, if you want to call it that. And then we've got two more episodes. That'll be a two parter. Um, but yeah, so episode 10. One way out director was Toby Haynes, writer Bo Willimon and Tony Gilroy. New cast this week. We forgot to mention him last week, Dr. Rasiv, uh, which was Adrian Rollins. And then this week we got, um, he was on previously, but I don't know that we announced his character or said his character's name, which was supervisor Lonnie Young, uh, which is played by Robert Ems. He got a little bit more speaking lines this week and we learned a new twist about Lonnie and his character in the ISB this week. So um, let's dive in here. Where do you guys want to start with this week's episode? What do you guys want to, what do you want to dive into? That's usually, you tell us what to dive into usually is how this goes. Um, (laughs) Well, let's start, let's start there. Let's start with the ISB. Did you see Lonnie as a double agent? No, that was like a huge shock to me. I didn't know that. um, Yeah. I didn't know that Luthen had somebody on, the inside like that, you know, obviously there's Mon Mothma who's in the government, but she's obviously not on the inside getting information like, you know, like an ISB agent would be. So Mm -hmm. I wasn't aware that he had a a double agent like that. Mm. I wasn't aware that this was what was up with him, but I felt like he got enough like stray camera shots during those meetings and just enough, like lines and little things that I was like, they're they're gonna do something with him. You were it was basically you were feeling like, like he was getting a little too much attention to just be nothing, right? Because it was kind of like, you know, uh, your girlfriend and the guy that doesn't like her, and the main and like Wolf and um, uh, the Maester. I can't remember anybody's names in this show. <laughs> uh, like what? Are we talking about Dedra, 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 and the Dedra. and then the guy that the other ISB guy that she's feuding with, the you lead guy who you called him the wolf. <laughs> no, Wolf Gilaren. Wolf Gilaren. Oh. oh, you're talking about Blevin though. Blevin's the guy that she we went after to try to get the info. Yeah, from. Blevin. So yeah. you, the only people that really get anything in those meetings are those two, the head guy who was uh, on Game of Thrones and it's part of Gaz. Wolf Yularen got a little bit, and then and then they, these awkward shots of this guy. So it's like something he's something because there's like a whole table full of people, and you don't mm-hmm. see any of those other people. Mm-hmm. And he was sitting next to the guy that's kind of an idiot that what, he he was getting yelled at in the first meeting by Partagaz for not turning in a report or something. The guy said, "Well, it's fine. You're going to rewrite the report and do whatever." Mm-hmm. Um, and then, and I think the first meeting when they were kind of going around talking about the um, Starpath unit that had been taken, 
the one guy sitting next to him said, well, couldn't that money have been made from the sale of the Starpath unit? And he chimed in and said, no, they recovered it at the scene. Um, and he was sitting right next to him. So it made him look like a, a pretty intelligent character, right? Like, I think what you're getting at, Josh, is it made him look like an intelligent character that could have some kind of role leading up to it. And that's where, you know, he came into play this week. So I'll definitely be interested uh, to uh, watch through again and see like what he specifically, what little lines he has and how, how much they're kind of like panning over to him and stuff now that, you know, I, I do think that um, one of the scenes like of him in the elevator was briefly in one of the trailers though. So we knew that if you were paying close enough attention and remembered, which I don't think I actually remembered. I think I just saw people talking about it and then kind of went like, Oh yeah. Um, I think like the people that are paying like really, really close attention knew that there was something else happening with him because we had seen him outside of that room doing something. Um, yeah. Hmm. When he's uh when he's in the elevator and he reaches and gets that earpiece and puts it in his ear, that earpiece is one hundred percent a Beats a Power Beats Pro earbud, uh, which is the <laughs> the ear earbuds that I wear at the gym. Um, he, they, it has like a little, they put like a light on it or something to make it a little bit different. And he like wears it in his ear slightly different than the way you're supposed to. But it, I was like a hundred percent. That's a power beats pro. They put like one <laughs> greebly on it and call yeah, it a day. Like one little light. Yeah. yeah. That's like the equivalent of like the ladies razor that, yeah, uh, yeah, it's totally Liam like... uses as a comm unit in Phantom Menace. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's amazing what they can do with just everyday items to make them look. Slap like some paint on it. Star Wars. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> um, it, we could clearly see, though, in that meeting, Dedra was not happy because they were talking about the pilot. She hasn't been that happy in weeks, his, though, for being honest. Death, right? Yeah. Has she true. ever been happy? <laughs> well, I think um, when she was when she was owning that other ISB agent in the first couple episodes and like really shutting him down, that gave her a little bit of, of joy. But she's been displeased for quite some time i think mm -hmm. maybe she needs a good um, man in her life kyle you offering me had, up because um, i yeah. i'm could be the <laughs> man for the job dedra <laughs> uh she was i mean it was her plan right to basically fake the death of the pilot so that uh krieger would show you know figure out like he didn't make it where he was supposed to go find him and realize oh the dude just Oh, I forget what they did to him. They froze him or something on like hyperspace reentry or something. They froze him to make it look like it was an accident. And uh, the other guy, the the spy, uh, Lonnie, basically says, "Well, let's 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 go investigate because that's what we would do if we were the Empire. And like, even though we set this up, let's just go check it out." And she was clearly not happy by his suggestion um i don't think she's on to him and i don't think she realizes he's and i think she was more mad like she didn't think of it, it or something she yeah. doesn't want to be shown yeah. up like that um and then part of gas is like oh great it worked let's go all right let's see what happens here so we didn't get a lot of the isb stuff this can week. i that be was... honest i don't know that part of gas is really bringing a lot to the table it seems like much like my boss he stands there <laughs> and listens to what everybody else says and he's like uh yeah that that's good let's do that <laughs> right <laughs> yeah i mean no it makes Am sense I missing yeah, anything? he's yeah no he's he he's pretty much following all the suggestions at this uh, point like oh that sounds like a good idea let's do that let's do that and like yeah i mean the nice thing is is he's as a boss guy. he's letting them run with their ideas and not just poo-pooing them and going no that's never gonna work yeah, we're not gonna do that what's his idea 
<laughs> he doesn't have any. <laughs> Managers don't need to have ideas. They, right. They, yeah. they just manage you. And Gosh, you I want to. I want to manage some people. <laughs> I like that it idea. Seems so Let's good. Go with it. Yeah. 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 Um, As jobs he, I mean, go, anyway. I mean, to be fair, he did. He did stand behind Dedra when she was presenting to Wolf Yularen and and did back her up, which was nice. Like he's 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 at least a supportive manager. You may not have all the ideas, yeah, but right. at least he, he's he supportive the, of. He his, picks the best opinion and goes with that one i mean <laughs> right, good right. job yeah um so we didn't get a lot of the isb stuff this week we only had just really that little scene most of this week's episode yes, centered around the, the prison there yeah mostly centered around the prison break and what we got there we did get a little bit of um uh marva i think back on um Ferrix for like just a, a split set. like she's not doing well health wise and that was about it yeah, they were just um, going, sending some people in to check on her or something, right? Yeah, that was about all you got. Um, and clearly she's got somebody else following her besides, um, what is her name? Uh, shoot. Bell's Not, friend it's a, from the... Yeah, from Cinta. Fr- yeah. Cinta. Yeah, uh, there's clearly somebody else keeping tabs on Marva that you saw uh, other than just Cinta's now. Well, we so, already know the ISB is on tour as well because they said, well, we didn't even pick her up because she's old and we're hoping maybe Andor will come to get her and then Cinta's watching her and then we know uh, Bix and what's his name are kind of keeping an eye on her too. So who, who mm-hmm. knows? She's got She's the most watched person in town apparently. Do we think the poor health is a ruse for anybody that may be watching? Like, Do we think that they know that they're being watched, so they're just kind of pretending that, or do we think she's taking a turn for the worse? I'm gonna guess she's doing like a little bit of a doc holiday where she is quite sick, nice, but she's making it a little worse than it is. So when push comes to shove, she can like still get the job done, but ultimately, she's probably not gonna see the end of this series, is my opinion. I like that. I like yeah, that I analogy there. A little Doc yeah. Holiday. I like that. Yeah. Good choice, Kyle. Killer Good movie. choice. Yeah, I would agree. I think she's um she's definitely um I don't know, it's not totally a ruse. She is under under health, but I, I think she is kind of scoping things out, trying to go, how can we get back at the Empire on Ferrix? Definitely here, doing so. a little bit of a rope a dope, I think. Mm-hmm. She's still got a little mm-hmm. rebel left in her. Little rope a dope. Yeah. Uh we did get so let's go back to the prison because this is where a lot of this centers around, we did get some Mon, Mon and Tay and Davo. We meet Davo in this week's episode, and I've got a little bit of that conversation. But let me go back to um, Cassian and uh, and uh, Kino Loy here when they first get into like this room and get changed after Olaf had. Yeah, we pick away. up like, like were... immediately where the last mm-hmm. episode ended. They Olaf yep. had just gotten taken out on the stretcher gurney thing, and and they're headed back to their cells. Yep, and they got a new man coming in, and uh, Cassian's kind of telling Kino, "This is when it's got to go down." And he, it makes perfect. We need sense. to go tomorrow. Tomorrow, you heard me. Go where? Anywhere. It has to be tomorrow. Tomorrow. We can't wait. We'll never have a better chance. You sound insane. No, listen to me. They don't have enough guards, and they know it. They're afraid. Right now, they're afraid. Afraid? Afraid of what? They just killed a hundred men to keep them quiet. What would you call that? I'd call that power. Power. Power doesn't panic. 
5,000 men are about to find out they're never living here alive. <laughs> Don't you think that worries them upstairs? Whatever we're making here is clearly something they need. They can't afford to be surprised again. They'll never be less guards than tomorrow. You know that! I'm programmed! Every day we wait, they get stronger. It might be wise to have a plan. We have a plan! Oh, what are you, you? And Burlock and Melchie! You don't have time to be stupid! Come on! Just trying to get him plan back in works line. around a new man coming down. They'll replace Olaf tomorrow. That might not happen again until it's too late. I'd rather die trying to take them down than die giving them what they want. Important oh, yeah. line there. Mm-hmm. We won't have a better chance. It has to be tomorrow. Program! <laughs> he goes back over and goes, Program! And and Kino's over there just going, Ah, oh, crap, I guess I gotta listen. It's a lot for he's, Kino he's to take He's still struggling. Yeah, for yeah, me, he, Kino, like, he he's representative of what the vast majority of uh, the galaxy would be in this situation. He's like just trying to put his head down and let's just follow the rules and get to work and we'll get through this and it'll be okay, which like they're in, in a prison and it's like a really extreme version, but most people in the galaxy are probably living some version of that like uh maybe this kind of sucks but as long as we follow the rules and we just put our head down and don't make waves it'll be okay and but he's getting to this point where it's like no it's not okay they're gonna keep pushing and pushing and pushing and we're not gonna get out alive and i think he's kind of representing like the galaxy has to come to this tipping point where are we okay with going along with this or are we not and ready to kind of stand up because the rebellion couldn't have ever really won without, you know, most of the galaxy agreeing, like whether they're willing to actually go to Endor and fight the second death star themselves or whatever, they still have to be on board with this revolution or it would never work anyway. So to me, that's what we're seeing is like this kind of change him realizing what's actually happening and the severity of it and the reality of his situation and, and kind of changing his attitude about how to handle it. Mm -hmm. And I think he's been, I think I mentioned in the last weeks, like he's, I think I, I pointed out like the point that I thought he broke a little bit. And when they were first in that hallway before the Olaf stuff, right? That's when he first kind of broke when they were talking about the rumors on two. And every time he just a little bit more, He's he's starting to realize things and he's breaking a little bit more each time. And I think when we get later on in this episode and he gets to the microphone thing and he's trying to and Cassian saying, look, it has to be you. You got to tell these people to get out of here. They're going to listen to you. That's when he, it like the dam just opens per se. Right. Like and, and he lets it all out. And what in the speech that he delivers to the prisoners to to get out. Um, but, yeah, he's and even when they get back to their cell. um you know, when they're getting ready to go to bed, I think he tells them like, look, we all need to calm down. Like we're going to sleep on this. You know, we'll not this we'll basically... episode. This episode, he just no, like was staring no, 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 at the no. wall. Like, yeah. Like he, well, he, when they first get back to the cells and he basically says like, we're done, we're not dealing with this anymore. Like we're going to, we're going to do something. Let's get our heads right. Get ready for tomorrow. Basically, because he knows he's going to follow along with the plan. 
at this point. But well, he screamed, and, no one's getting out, because they were all like, they, they had not realized uh, this is the first, the rest of their shift is, is finding mm-hmm. out that they're not letting anyone out. Um, and that was his, like, he screamed that, and everybody, like, finally shut up and stopped screaming at them, and and he was like, yeah, tomorrow is is the day. And they were the day. ready to do and it. And then uh, the next morning he wakes up and this was what he kind of, he rallies the, the inmates around. Sit up! We are done with counting shifts. <laughs> there is only then and now. There is only one way out. Play it how you want but I'm going to assume I'm already dead and take it from there. There's no sense in warning the night shift. They'll hear about it one way or another soon enough. Mm-hmm. Let's make it look good. Let's make it look good. Like act like everything is normal when we go sell out it. there and then we, we, uh, yeah, sell it. And then we get into our plan. And I think when, you know, he's talking to Cassian in that room for the first time, and he's like, "What plan?" He's like, "What you and Melshi and everybody else have a plan?" And they're like, "He's like, yeah, we do." <laughs> and I think he's he's Kino very much wants to be like, "Look, I want a clear, you know, foolproof plan that's going to be successful." And, and Cassian's going, "Look, we've got a plan. There's no guarantees it's going to be successful, but we have to take the chance. We're gonna. Some of us are going to die." but we have to take this chance now if it's going to work and get most of us out or it all or some or anybody. And I think that's where Kino after that night, he wakes up and he's like, yep. All right, I'm in, we, we got to do this. And that's what he says. I'm already dead. I'm just going to assume I'm already well, dead. I one think way they or realized the other. it might not work at all, but they would never yeah. have um, a better opportunity. Yeah. So, uh, he gives this, you know, kind of impassioned, like, Hey, let's go, let's go to work. We're going to pretend it's all good. And really we're doing things. We're cutting a pipe in the bathroom. That's a hydraulic pipe. Um, and that was a, a yeah, brilliant we idea thought it was, we thought it was, um, a conduit, conduit. with ele- electrical wiring inside and it was not, it was water. It did not look like a water yeah. pipe to me, but there yep. it is. Um, they jam the lift. It was a brilliant idea. Let's jam the lift, get it stuck. And even the guy coming down, the new prisoner at one point picks up the, the cattle prod and <laughs> stabs the guard that had it. Yeah. I uh, gotta say fell. that was that guy coming from, that made me wonder, was this guy, had he just got arrested? This is his first time in and he's already <laughs> he on board or was this a guy yeah. that was coming from another prison or somebody that was oh. supposedly released. And so he was easy to, easier for him to be like uh yeah f this i'm getting out of here that's a good point i didn't think about it that way because that to me like if that's the (laughs) showing up to prison has to be traumatic enough and then all of a sudden you're in the middle (laughs) of a prisoner revolt uh, like i don't know that i'm just picking up the cattle prod and joining in on um, 30 seconds in but this guy did well you're soft i guess so i'm not i'm not made for inside (laughs) I mean, he got blasted like two seconds later, but um, he did manage to get one guard. He did take out one guard for him. So, um, but yeah, he, he just, and I gotta say also when we're talking about the way they shut down that lift coming down, we already know that the empire is just a walking OSHA violation, but just exposed (laughs) gears like that, that you can just throw something into and like, 
we'd be ripping arms off if you're anywhere near it or something. That's crazy. But well, sure the fact that that lift even had a handrail was kind of like out of yeah, good the for, norm them, for them, huh? Yeah, <laughs> the well, first I, imperial I, handrail I, you've ever right. seen. Yeah. That's what I was gonna say. Wait, you put a handrail on a lift that moves maybe twenty feet even, up and down, but you don't so put you a don't lift fall on the Death off. Star. It's so no one can Guys climb on. Could, yeah, right. That could fall off into an open firing laser. Yeah. That's a chasm below them. Like you don't put a guardrail there. That makes You're no even sense. Supposed to go like, there. What are we doing? Yeah, like I figured it would have just been like an open walkway or something with no guardrail. But um, no, it was a great idea. Like jam the lift, um, you know, pop the pop the hydraulics on it, flood the floor so that when they uh, when they try to fry them, it shorts it out and um, blows the blows the circuits, blows the panels, and uh, basically shuts everything down. It was a brilliant yeah, idea. Getting out of that room um, was the hard part. Once they did that, and they they got to the little armory there and got some weapons, it was it was over. They were shutting down electricity and taking out guards, and guards were just cowering in little like in the, yep. side rooms and stuff because they were so outnumbered there was they were unstoppable mm-hmm. they were uh throwing tools at them throwing gears at them whatever they could find uh, up on the ledge um to try to like knock them off or distract them so they couldn't use the guns that was i mean the whole thing worked really really well um how many, Melchie, how many at one yeah. point how many prisoners do you think died? And I, I didn't count. I'm sure somebody on the internet counted, but it was a I mean, just in their room alone. Well, I, 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 I mean, probably, I don't know, 10, 15. Yeah. They, maybe. they lost a lot, a lot of good men. I think they lost quite a few yeah, there. Cause I, mean, the, I know the first guy that was trying to climb up, he got it. The new, new guy got it. Well, and wasn't um, the first guy climbing up that got killed? He was one of the main ones organizing the plan, right? Not Melshi or Cassian, but the correct. third one. Yeah. Yep. He was. Did he, he got have it, a name? Uh, and I'm just got don't it. remember it. Or I they think never he did. Said it? I think he. I mean, I'm sure if you pull up the thing, it's probably there. But um, one guy I think picked up a tool and threw it at one of the guards, and then he got blasted like right away. So I'm sure. And then there was a handful of them that got fried. When the like, because it's still electrocuted them, but it shorted everything out. So, um, yeah, I, I would say probably ten to fifteen. I don't know, at least on their floor. I don't know about every other floor and all the other guards, but clearly outnumbered. They clearly had a problem. Um, they make it up the stairwells, and um, as they're getting ready to go, um, this one's a little bit longer, but this is uh, this is Kino's speech, and I loved the use of the microphone. That was the same as the microphone yeah. that Han Solo is using in uh, Return of the Jedi. But this is Kino's impassioned fine. speech to How are you? get out. How long we fine. hang on? Who are you? How far How are you? we get? How many of us make it out? All of that is now up to us. We have deactivated every floor in the facility. All the floors are cold. I like how it switches between his voice and like the God voice for the prisoners. Get out of your cells. Take charge and start climbing. Climb. Climb. And they know it. If we wait until they figure that out, it'll be too late. We will never have a better chance than this. I would rather die trying to take them down than giving them. That's what Cassian what they said want. too. Mm-hmm. We know 
fried a hundred men on level two. We know that they are making up our sentences as we go along. We know that no one outside here knows what's happening. And now we know that when they say we are being released, we are being transferred to some other prison to go and die. And that ends today. There is one way out right now. The building is ours. It's getting fired up. To run, climb, kill. You need to help each other. I love that part right there. You need to help you each other. Who's confused? Except right after he says it, there's some that get trampled. You keep them moving, and you keep them moving until we put this place behind us. There are five thousand of us. If we can fight half as hard as we've been working, we will be home in no time. One way out. And then they start chanting the one way out. If we can work, if we can. If we can, what did fight. Say? If we can work, fight half as hard as we've been working, we can be home in no time. And it's just, you can tell he's, he's ready to go. He's ready to get out of there and you can hear it in his voice. Um, but yeah, he uses Cassian's words. I was going to say, I love, I, I kind of like the way that that worked. Cause it was like, it was uh, varying levels of like, he wasn't ready for this. So mm-hmm. at first he doesn't know what to say, and then he's like, "All right, I know what I'm going to say. I'm just going to copy what you said." And then, it, and then he finds <laughs> his footing and you yeah. know starts talking for mm-hmm. himself. That's exactly right. Yep. And you could tell like how tortured he has felt, and then how when we first met Kino, he was like, he was so convinced. Like if we just put our head down and we work hard and we are. One of the top levels every single time will work our shifts and we're going to get out and I'm going to get my people home and I'm going to get home. And yet, and you can see how finding out that it's all BS, the points are made up and nobody's getting out and it totally pulled the rug out from under him. And you, you can see it. It's, I, I loved it. It was a great delivery mm-hmm. delivery. It was so well written this was my favorite episode of the series so far Mm -hmm. he was um i I think cassian's words resonated with him too i think that's why he repeated them he i think wants cassian to know that hey i i did listen and i you're right josh that was the conviction that he needed to go i'm gonna stick to your words and then I can build and grow off that. And then we saw the, the end of that delivery. So, um, and then unfortunately we get to the top, uh, they all climb to the top. They get to the, uh, I don't even know, just a giant opening in the, the roof yeah. and the, the orifice, the, the orifice in the water. And then they just jump apparently. Um, good thing they Kino set off swim. Those, uh, good thing they set, they turned off the hydro. So they didn't have the giant sucking holes in the water there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, uh, but Kino can't swim, so I'm hoping because he's from Tatooine. We're gonna find out in the next episode. <laughs> Andor goes back to Tatooine. Yay! You love it. We did see. Um, we did get to see Melshi and Cassian heading off in some direction. No other prisoners though. Just those two going in some direction. Like, Screw um, you guys. We're going home. But I tell you what, though the the overhead shot of the prison 
um, at the end was was beautifully done with the water around it and the prisoners kind of going out the one side. And it was just a bigger picture representation of what is happening to the empire right now, where, cause I mean, it, the prison was built like the cog it's, it's built like the Imperial cog and you see like the prisoners just kind of seeping out the one side in the water and swimming away. It's, it's basically their control and their um, ability to contain what is happening or what has happened is going away because more and more people are going to start to do this. And it was a great visual representation of what's about to happen to the empire. It was beautifully done. Beautifully done. Uh, we do get um, a little bit of Mon and Tay and we meet Davo in this. Oh, and I, yeah. I didn't put, uh, I meant to put Davo in here who played Davo, but um, clearly uh, a dude that, <laughs> That is not um, somebody that Mon wants to do some business with. Yeah, I didn't. Uh, what, she is. He's just like a crooked banker, or he's like a loan shark, or he's a, a, a like some kind of gangster. Like he, I, he's rich, and she doesn't really agree with his business practices. I, I, I wasn't getting much more than that. Did I miss mm-hmm. something there? Did they expressly think, say no, what he? I does? think he's some sort of criminal who was able to get rich enough that he's been able to kind of legitimize himself a little bit exactly okay yeah but But he was um, he's still doing doing dirty stuff too yeah well i guess his uh his bottom line was let me intro my teenage son to your teenage daughter and see if we can't get a little arranged marriage situation here yep um which mon was having none of that was she though I know that the end of that the end of that conversation was great because, um, and she I have the full thing. I, I don't want to play the whole thing because it's a long words. dialogue. Yeah, and it, you know, he he said she's like, no, Tay will escort you out, and he Davo, Davo says yeah, it's a lot to think about, and Mon says I'm not thinking about it, and Davo said that's the first untrue thing you've said. Mm-hmm. Because she is thinking about it. She's like, I need this cash. If we're going to make this well, rebellion I think go, it's we need be cash. really interesting to see where Mon Mothma falls on this because I think the impression we've been given from her husband and daughter is that she kind of puts her family second and the job, and we know the real job is the rebellion and she uses you know, her job as a senator as kind of a front for that. Um, comes first uh, and we're going to see this decision is pretty much going to put that debate to rest right you know if you're willing to marry off your daughter to potentially kind of a scumbag son then obviously business is first um, but either way mm-hmm. the thing is what I expect to happen is she turns this down and yet her family still is never going to know that she ever made this decision or did the right thing for them or made a sacrifice for them because obviously you can't say, hey, I was about to get in bed with this shady dude for <laughs> the rebellion, but I didn't because I love you. You know, <laughs> That's not a conversation mm-hmm. she ever gets to have with her daughter. But we'll see, I yeah. guess. It was a uh, go back, listen to that conversation between the three of them because... Davo is a slick character and his his description of the banking 
the whole thing that's going on with the financial situation was spot on. He basically said, like, they've put in these financial restrictions without consent of the Senate. It's they 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 create the game and we play it. And he's found ways to cert. What did he say? Um, their rules are as cumbersome as they are um, avoidable or something like that. Like, yeah, they're ridiculous rules, but there's ways to get around them pretty easily. So and then they find another way to restrict something else. And then we just do something else different. So the the way that he is described on Wikipedia, uh, it, I think it ha- it's a perfect word um, that I th- feel like. A lot less people knew the word 10 years ago. Uh, it says he's a Chandrillan oligarch. <laughs> yeah, mm. sounds about right. Um, mm. I, I got the impression, and I'd have to listen to the exact wording he used again to see if I'm sure about this, but I was like kind of getting the impression that he was implying that this marriage between their... Um, between their children would be a way to kind of funnel some of their wealth and assets away from taxation or banking regulations or whatever, um, you know, through family, whatever relationships, relationships, inheritance to her was like that. A drop of discomfort may be the price of doing business, yeah. is what he said. Because he didn't want any fee, he didn't want any money, but he said a, well, that's, a drop of discomfort may be the price of doing business. Well, that shows you Mon Mothma's yeah. sly, too, because nobody, when we're dealing <laughs> with this amount of money, and especially nobody who's already shady to begin with, is just going to do you this big favor that you're offering to pay for up front and do it for free and not expect something in return. Mm-hmm. So she was like mm-hmm. way too cool to be like, uh, yeah, no thanks. I will pay because I'm not going to have you come back later and be, oh, by the way, I, don't I need your favors. second born child. Ha 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 ha. Right. Um, yeah, she's, uh, he just she's wants in the a first tough spot, child, man. Actually, she is a, in a tough spot. He made it seem like in the beginning, like, oh, I just like to come back sometime. She was like, Oh yeah, we can do that. You want to come back, hang out? Sure, it's yeah, fine. With my son um, and your daughter. Yeah. Oh, I did love in the beginning of that conversation though. He's like, "Oh, I've hung out with your husband a couple times." Yeah, I'm sure, you went, have. Oh, we're not talking about that. And he's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> he's like, "That's not why we're here." Um. So clearly, he's he's uh he's been hanging out with Perrin a little bit. So, but yeah, it was an interesting conversation. Go back and listen to that. Um. But then you know what kind of what we talked about towards the beginning was we learned that one of the ISB agents is actually a, a double agent and he's working for the rebellion and for Luthen. Um, and that was the, uh, supervisor Lonnie young. And he, he sends a message in um, to him, what they put a chalk line there and then he broke a railing or something to basically signal that he wanted a meeting with Luthen and Clea was saying, well, you, you should send me some real clandestine stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. And Luthen said, no, 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 we're not putting it off. We haven't heard from him in like a year. This dude has been, according to him, working his way up through the empire as a plant for six years. Um, he has since been married. He's got a kid on the way. Luthen knows all of this stuff about him. He doesn't know anything about Luthen. Um, but he wants out. At this point, he's he's getting a little nervous because it doesn't work that way. Things are starting to get a little tight. 
uh, knowing that they're looking for this person, Axis and Dead Rizant, you know, heading in the right direction. Have you ever seen The Departed? You can't just get out. It doesn't work that yeah. way when you're no, undercover. I, I think that's what Luthen was trying to say. Is like he's like, no, it's not that easy. What are you going to tell him? Like, how are you going to get out of there? Well, I don't. That, and he said, oh, my Luthen health. doesn't care about that though. Luthen no, needs him as an asset. He wants his plan. He was just saying you yeah. couldn't get out if you wanted, but yeah, you know that's not an option. But he, what did he try to say? His health, and then his family, his wife's family has, I don't even know, she's working like shipping some business, business or something, or something. Yeah. shipping business. So, yeah, his, Luthen's like, dude, your, your excuse isn't going to work anyway. So just be a hero, work for the rebellion. You know, we're going to, we're going to try to like do this and, and make sure we, we're all in at this point. Like, you don't have another option. And he, you know, he's kind of leading them along. He's just trying to like, what do I want to say? He's like trying to 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 pump him up and and float his ego a little bit. And he's like, I think about you every day. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, no, you're great, man. No, you're I, a I hero he of was, the rebellion. I think he was intimidating him. You know, like I I know about your daughter, and I think about you every day. You're in this, and there's nothing you can mm-hmm. do about it. Like, I think the daughter part was, but I think when he gets to the point where he's like. Every day a double life, every day a performance, the stress of that. We need heroes, Lonnie, and here you are. Like, yeah, there's a little bit of it like I'm trying to pressure you and to continue to do this and not give up because you could ruin all of this for us. But at the same time, you are doing a heroic thing and being behind the lines 24-7. So I think he is kind of a little bit of both. Um, But then Lonnie asks him what he's giving up. And... This is. I think this was the best part of the episode. Agreed. I think this is some of the best dialogue of this whole season so far, and this speech was was epic. And what do you sacrifice? Calm, calm, kindness, kinship. Love. I've given up all chance at inner peace. I made my mind a sunless space. Mm. I share my dreams with ghosts. I wake up every day to an equation I wrote 15 years ago from which there's only one conclusion. 15 I'm years. damned for what I do. My anger, my ego, my unwillingness to yield, my, my eagerness to fight. They set me on a path from which there's no escape. I yearn to be a savior against injustice without contemplating the cost. And by the time I look down, there's no longer any ground beneath my feet. What is my, what is my sacrifice? I'm condemned to use the tools of my enemy to defeat them. I burn my decency for someone else's future. I burn my life to make a sunrise that I know I'll never see. Now the ego that started this fight will never have a, a mirror or an audience or the light of gratitude so what do I sacrifice everything Oof. I, <laughs> this dude he is in it he is in it's it a lot more sober than you thought man mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have to use the um, tools of my enemy to defeat them 
some deep stuff, I'm, man. I'm that's, paving that's the way for a sunrise I'll never see. Well, he's already like, accepted that his only way out of this is dead. He's at some point. Yep. He's gonna one go, way out. Go down with. Yep. Exactly. Mm-hmm. His one way out. One way out. Mm-hmm. This was <laughs> that speech was just uh, amazing. I, I don't. There's got to be some awards in line for this for this uh, acting performance by Skarsgård here because this was just that was on point. Um, and and when you, when Lonnie's over here going, well, I'm 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 doing this and I'm doing that. I've got a family and I've got a kid and I, he's going. I've got nothing. I have given up my entire life for 15 years planning this and trying to execute this and get back at the Empire. You've got nothing on me is basically what he's saying. Like, go back to work. I think that's a little bit insincere, too, because Luthen lives a double life and he's living very dangerously and he's sacrificed a lot. But he also has his shop and his assistants and his friends. And he, he's not literally living in the belly of the beast t- under 24 hour like cover pretending to be someone mm-hmm. that he's not because I was sort of under the impression that even this guy's wife and kid are a product of this whole second life, you know, cause I, I, I highly mm. doubt the wife is in on it. Right. So as far as she knows, he's right. an ISB agent and there have this family and that whole thing is just a farce, you know? Yeah. To, yeah. you know, to some degree, or at least it's based on a lie. Yeah. Do I think he may have genuinely fell sure, in love? Probably. And and get yeah. like yeah probably and that's why he's trying to get out now right. to have this family but yeah. like uh you know I don't I don't think it's fair for Luthen to say like oh what you're doing is small potatoes compared to me cuz Luthen has I think a lot more freedom he still can kind of do whatever he mm-hmm. wants and pretend to be a rich socialite this guy is like he's working nice for shit. the empire he's putting in like whatever probably 70 hours a week at at the job or something wearing jumpers yeah. <laughs> every day Blah. Well, nobody want to wear those pants. flattering on anybody <laughs> no <laughs> um but yeah he's um pretty good at that, that, yeah he's he's digging them but um no it, that speech was was pretty epic uh thoroughly enjoyed that um what else did you guys enjoy about this episode maybe didn't like about this episode anything off the top of your head i think we covered most yeah. of it yeah did you guys catch the uh Amidala headpiece in Luthen's shop. I yes. saw that. He's like, I don't know yeah. what he was scanning it with. He was like doing something to it. A couple pieces in his shop, but um, and I, the the headpiece that was right next to it, I feel like I've seen it somewhere before. I just don't know where. Um, I'd have to go back and look and see if I can place it. But what thing? I, I know I'd seen that other head. There was another headpiece right next to the Amidala headpiece. Um, that looked like almost scales that kind of came down like this and had like a little mohawk down the middle, you know, maybe an inch or two high. Um, I know I've seen it before. Um, I just couldn't place where I had seen it. So, um, but yeah, another, I mean, this shows just the writing is great. The acting is great. I, you know, again, a lot of people can say what they want about the show. It's not star Wars. It's star Wars. It's very much star Wars. I also think it's um, one of the most accessible star Wars TV shows. Like you could probably watch and enjoy this with little to no other star Wars mm-hmm. information or experience. You would, yeah. I mean, there's it has definitely, all the key elements of a good drama. Yeah, there's like any other drama show. There's definitely details and nuances you would miss out on, but I think you would still mm-hmm. totally get the the story. Yep, 
for sure. Uh, three questions. All right. Um, well, I mean, the big question that's on everybody's mind, uh, what, what happens to Kino? What do we think happens to Kino? Any guesses? I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if this was the last we saw of Kino. Um, but I don't know. He, I think he obviously survived and, and, Presumably, he wouldn't be the single only prisoner that didn't just jump off the side into the ocean or whatever body water that is to swim. So uh, I have no idea what happened to the ones that are left in the prison after the takeover. Because mm. at some point, that number of prisoner, the ratio of prisoner to guards would shift <laughs> back into the guards' favor, you know? Like... Once enough mm-hmm. people leave, like they would be able to take control back over. Um, so I don't, I don't know. That's I don't know. I don't know if we'll ever find out. I think that's the real question: is what will we ever get any more information about that specifically? Yeah, Josh, any guesses? I think it'll be ambiguous, and he'll either show up next season, um, or like in a comic or something. I'm into it. Gotcha. I'd like to know. Yeah, it's, yeah, I agreed. It's funny, every time you say Kino, I just think of Kino from Secret of the Ooze, the pizza <laughs> delivery boy. Yeah. Kino! Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, speaking of the, the weird 90s stuff, uh, and we talked about Batman earlier, too, uh, the awesome. actor that... Pl- this is obscure, but the actor that played... Olaf, right? That was his name, right? The mm-hmm. character who was only featured in this episode in a body bag couldn't even couldn't even escape the work floor in death. Uh, but he was in the original, oh, not the original, but like the 1990, 1989, whatever the first Michael Keaton Batman. Um, he was the whatever hoodlum ruffian that batman is holding up when he recites the iconic line i am batman what are you yeah he he was the what are you guy yeah really i didn't know that michael keaton's second best trivia bit there remember that one for later folks (laughs) (laughs) after joe after george clooney i was gonna say i was like wait what (laughs) um where I was like, what? No. Um, where do we think uh, Cassian and Melshi head to next? Uh, and do you have any bold predictions for the final two episodes of season one of Andor? Any thoughts on that? I had one as we were like just talking about this. I'm going to assume, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm going to assume yeah. Cassian and Melshi go back to Ferrix. And that's how he gets oh, ensnared. So? Yeah, because it's all Cassian knows. That's where Marv is at. That's where Bix is at. That's all he knows. Well, just practically from the trailers and stuff, we know that there still is about to be a big confrontation that looks like it's going to be on Ferrix with the shields and all those troopers that whatever, with like the helmets with their faces exposed. You guys know what I'm talking about? Where, where there's basically like a riot in the, in the town square. So I guess that makes sense. And we do have sort of some storylines all converging on Ferrix. We've got, mm-hmm. uh, you know, Bix and those people were being tortured and Dedra's there. And, uh, 
uh, I can't remember her name left over from the, um, the train heist. Sinta. Yeah. Sinta is Sinta. there. And uh, we, yeah, I don't know where else he would on, go. So that, that might, maybe that's where we end up. All right. 10 seasons in, I've got most of the names, 10 mm. seasons or 10 episodes. No, in, I was just I got saying, most yeah. It doesn't here. make it sense for it to be anywhere that's else because of how many go ahead, Josh. other people are already there. Mm-hmm. Do we think we see that little? Because you know, there's that shot of what do they call? What's not smart though, to go ship, to your mom's uh, house if you're on the run from the law. That's I mean, that's no, day one. No. Stuff. Um, what? What's the name of the ship? What's this? The f- uh, the Millennium Falcon, the Chimera. No, I wanted to oh. say Falcon, but it's not the Falcon. It begins with an F, I think. But um. <laughs> We do see the scene with like his ship and the little like laser things coming out the side of it, right, and spinning, and obviously in some kind of um, a Luthan space ship. confrontation. Yeah, so I would guess we get that at some point here in the next two episodes as well. I don't think they'd include that for season one if it was going to be in season two, but you never know. Uh, and we did get a little shot of Dedra with some uh, Death Troopers. Uh, in there she's got like two death troopers behind her so i think she is back on ferrix too so um all right question three uh when and at what con do you think we're going to see the first running of the prisoners Hmm. uh probably celebration (laughs) europe that's not that complicated of a (laughs) cosplay right i wouldn't think so you get bare feet uh, some white pants with some orange. You won't catch me w- running around a there. convention in bare feet. I'll tell you that right no, now. No, no, no. Um, I don't like going through an airport when they tell you to take off your shoes. I won't wear sandals in there. Like I at least got to have socks on or like some layer as I'm going through the airport because that is foul. Um, but yeah, I I would yeah maybe Europe. Uh, we don't think before then. Is there any other bigger con before then? Is there a no? no yeah, I don't no. Think I, so. I, I don't yeah, I think that that's when it's going to be. I was just going to say it's called a uh, Fondor Hallcraft, and we we hear them refer to it as the Fondor a couple times. That's it, the Fonzie, the Fonzie, the Fonz. if you will. Hey, <laughs> terrible! You're terrible. aging yourself, Justin. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit there. So. All right. Well, let's. Um. Why don't we wrap this up and um. We'll uh get move on to our next uh <laughs> next two ep- our final two episodes here. I'm excited for them. You're all clear, kid. Now let's blow this thing and go home. That was our review of Andor episode 10, One Way Out. Uh, great, great episode here. Great dialogue, great scripts. Loving this show. Absolutely loving it. Um, just as a reminder, you can find any one of our podcasts anywhere you listen to podcasts. Uh, with SoundCloud, iTunes, wherever you go, check them out. You can also catch some of our previous episode episodes out on iTunes. You can also look up some of our previous live streams on iTunes as well. Or, sorry, iTunes. YouTube. Goodness gracious. I've been tripping over my words all day yeah, today. No live, I live apologize. I'm going to be better next week. <laughs> Justin, do better. Do better. Climb, climb, 
Get out of here. <laughs> um, you can find us anywhere on social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Outer Rim Beacon. You can find me, Justin, on Twitter at I am the Bendu. And you can Josh, complain you can about my word Instagram tripping there all you want. Where can Battle they find you guys? Love to nab. It is. That's a Star Wars joke, isn't it? Uh, this is Kyle and I am KB underscore legend on the media's social. As always, get out there, do something Star Wars-y. Have a great week, people. FDK. And may the force be with you. Always. Climb. Climb. <laughs> Say that again. One way out. I'm a person. My name is Anakin.